Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken Karens. Don't forget to hit me up on social media. You can find me on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. If you want to email me, it's sportscardlessons at gmail.com. You can also watch on YouTube. Whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend, spread the word. Happy Friday, everybody. How is everybody doing? I hope you're pumped for the weekend. I've got a big show in Springfield this weekend I'm getting ready for, really excited about. Uh, today's episode, what's your hobby style? Look, we all know there's so many people out there, so many different types of collectors. Are you a prospector? Do you go for the goats? Do you want modern? Do you go for vintage? You know, regardless of what you PC, whether you're new to the hobby like me or you're a veteran, I think you'll agree it's very easy to start down the rabbit hole. No matter who I talk to, we've all been there. We find a team, we find the guy that we like, and then we just start buying the cards or we, we go, you know, buy boxes and we're searching online. I mean, this is how I started. I've talked about this the last couple of weeks, you know, coming from... You know, I, I I used to frequent the casino, and, and a lot of this is really that same mentality. Like, you know, you, you're hoping to find the fire in these boxes, pulling bangers out of these boxes, which, you know, maybe sometimes you do, but most of the time you don't. Most of them are duds if you've ever opened up, you know, boxes. And I'm sure everybody's opened up boxes, right? Uh, panini boxes, you know, regardless of what they tell you. Uh, you know, how many how many autos are in there or what's in that box? You know, you, you got to get lucky. If you're going to pull a banger out of a box, you just have to be lucky and you have to open a lot. Of, I've talked to people who say, geez, I bought one box and I pulled this card out. I said, man, you you are a lucky person because I've opened up 30 of those boxes and I haven't even come close to hitting any bangers. So so you really have to be lucky. Um I think it's the norm for most people who start in this hobby to prospect. I know I did. I know other people who are newer to the hobby I talk to, they prospect too. You know, it's all about the young, the, the rookies, getting getting these young rookies and, and you know, hoping they pop right away or, or, you know, storing them, throwing them in the closet, waiting a year or two, whether it's baseball and now even soccer a little bit too. I think the... Uh, you know, I've been prospecting on soccer and I've just been buying boxes and opening them and, and putting them away. Um, just kind of a, a sub hobby to my hobby, right? Because I enjoy opening boxes. So I buy some boxes. Is, is it the smartest thing to do? Probably not. At the end of the day, you know, unless I, you know, I have some unbelievable cards in there or one, a lot of one person that, that is going to be, uh, you know, becomes a goat or a star that, that, you know, I could really cash in on that card. 
more than likely, you know, um, I hope to break even. And if I can make some money on it, you know, I, I was happy opening the boxes and hoping, you know, for a banger. But that's that's who I am, you know. But, you know, ripping boxes, buying into breaks, um, you start to become focused on a couple of players, you know, that we believe are future goats. So that's what we're jumping into. Um and at one time or another, I mean, I, I ask myself all the time, and I'm sure you do, uh, you know, is this money well spent? And, and, and really, the honest answer is no, even though we really like doing it, and we're probably not going to stop doing it. But I'm just going to kind of throw out there a little bit why why it just doesn't make, make sense, why it's not money well well spent, right? Because, I, you know, I told you I'm an odds guy. I... I in earlier episodes, I, I really look at the odds on things and those odds aren't great, right? They're not like, you know, let's take football for instance. So I did a little research on this. Do you know, and maybe some of you do know the answer to this question. Do you know how many different football products Panini released in 2021? You know, all the different boxes that they put out just, just under the Panini name. Right. There's 32 different boxes. And for most of us on some of those boxes, we're waiting for these releases to come. I'm part of these groups online. I'm part of these groups on Facebook. And they and they tell me, oh, it's March 30th. There's a release for this. April 4th is a release for that. April 20th. Oh, I talked to this person. I talked to that person. Right. I mean, everybody, everybody knows when these boxes are being released. Um I go online. I know I, we talked about this. I go buy boxes online and I sell a lot of these boxes at shows, but I like to open them. I'm opening less now and selling more because that's what makes more sense to me, make money versus losing money. Um, but I'll just say, you know, this week on, on the Target website, uh, boxes came up and I know, I know exactly what time they come up, what morning to be there, when to be there. I'm in, up early, set my alarm. I'm in front of the computer, um, refresh, 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 uh, the mosaic, uh, uh, football mega boxes literally lasted 30 seconds online before they were sold out. And I got none and I was prepared. Uh, I did get some other cards, but there's certain cards you can't even get online either. I mean that they, the, these things are just being, being sold unbelievably fast. Why? Because people are buying them. These guys are buying them. They're putting on eBay. They're bringing them to shows. I mean, these things are being marked up two, three, four times. I mean, I know this. I see it. I see people buy boxes from me and I go to their card store and I see those boxes on their shelf. So I bought it. I marked it up. I sold it to them and they've marked it up and put it on their shelves. So these boxes, there's no, you know, there's never a shortage of people wanting to buy these boxes and think about it, 32 different boxes. And if you want to prospect, you know, a rookie, you know, let's pick a rookie, Mac Jones this year. He was a, he was a, you know, a, all the rage this year, Mac Jones. Um, it's almost impossible, almost impossible to obtain high end cards from all, all 32 boxes. I mean, unless you've got money's no object, you can go and start buying every box and get, getting like a Mac Jones out of every box. But for the most of us, it, it's almost absolutely impossible to do that. And I'm even more amazed as I go to shows 
and I go to card stores and I go look online and I go through eBay and Facebook and see what people like every day I see a new Mac Jones card. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Right. Is it an RPA? Is it not an RPA? And, and, and you know, it's it, it, it's unbelievable how many of those cards are out there that, that there's so many of these cards out there now. So if we say if I say, OK, I get a PC Mac Jones and then I'm going to start buying cards. I mean, I'd be broke. I'd be broke trying to buy every card that I find a Mac Jones. I mean, every car. I mean, they look great. Right. It's, most of them are graded. People have graded them quickly. I mean, I had Mac Jones rookies that I graded as fast as I could, and and long story, but that didn't pay off. But some of those higher higher end ones, um, I mean, people are making money. It's just unbelievable how many different versions of all these cards there are. Um, you know, last week I talked about being patient. You know, at card shows. I mean, I think this really goes for collecting and the hobby too. Um, I've really. Can I continue taking a step back and a step back? Who, who do I want to PC? Who do I want to collect? And then I just start researching and saying, well, who, who is, if I'm going to buy one card, what is the card I'm going to buy? Because I, you know, I can't go out and buy them all. Um, I mean, I like, I'll take the, the wrestling cards, for instance. I mean, you look at the cards that come from, from just, just, this year, 2021, there's like five or six or seven tops has them. They're the same people, but they're all different. They're numbered. They're autographed. And you start looking, and, and these cards are like four or five, six hundred dollars a card. And you're like, well, geez, if I bought four of these things, I mean, we're almost into three thousand dollars just on on these top end cards. And 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 the football cards and the basketball cards, so much higher, so so much higher end, so much more money out there being spent. On, on those cards, so I'm looking at I'm looking at a sport that that is not um, invested into as much as other sports right now, and those cards are high end. So you know th that just shows you there there's the benchmark for the if sports like football and basketball. Um, you know, I, look at Patrick Mahomes for instance. He was a rookie in 2017. I tried to find research of how many Patrick Mahomes cards panini produced since 2017 i could not find any information on that uh, but but i bet you it would blow people's minds how many mahomes cards are out there i like mahomes cards i go out there i go to the shows i go i see online and it's just unbelievable all of a sudden i see it i'm like oh geez wh what product was this from turning keep turning them over i'm like oh my god I, I i've never seen this card i've been i thought i saw every mahomes card and now here's here's another card i've never seen so it's just unbelievable how many cards are out there you know and if you narrowed if you narrowed down your players to who you want a pc especially if you're prospecting i mean what, what can you do how, what is the way to go about getting them i think you've got three choices right um you're either going to buy the boxes and rip them open and hope for the best. And you're going to have to buy a lot of boxes because you're looking for your, you know, your, your, you know, the rookies. I mean, that's really what we're doing for prospecting. Um, you're going to buy into group breaks uh, online and, or wherever, mostly online, right. Buying the group breaks and hopefully, you know, you're going to get, end up with your card and those could get really expensive, really fast. And it, there's nothing worse than buying into a break and, and, you know, spending a lot of money on the Patriots and have them 
you know, open up their boxes and not one Patriot came out or, or maybe a lineman came out or a running and you're like, really, I spent all that money and there's no Mac Jones. So, I mean, you, you, it's just a loss. It's a complete L if, if, if it doesn't come out. Uh, and what's the third thing? Buy the card, right? I mean, from my personal experience, <laughs> it's always cheaper just to go buy the card. Do we want to do that? That's the most boring part of the hobby. I mean, you're not actually being involved in the hobby if you're just going out and buying the card. And there are people, I'm very good friends with people in the hobby. That's all they do. They look at me and they're like, why would you open up a box, box of cards? Like, just take your money and buy. And and I think it's just something about the hobby that you just like to rip the boxes open. Like, you, you know, you know you want, you know what you're looking for in the box. There's always the chase cards in the box, but... I find a lot of times you pull a card that you, you you weren't looking for, and then you're like, wow, this is nice. And I go look it up online. I'm like, well, that just paid for the box, right? So then I wrap it up, sleeve it up, or put it in a one touch, and it goes in my case at the next show. And 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 hopefully it sells, right? Uh, I haven't done really any selling online of any, any of these things, but I see, you know, you can go on to eBay, and I talked about eBay you know, last week versus going to the show. I mean, it's a great place to find, get a lot of knowledge too. I mean, you can go there and just find cards and look at cards and, and find out what they're selling for and watching the values go up and down on them and, you know, try, try to get a good deal, especially if you're, if it's something you're just going to hold on to, um, try to get a good, and, I, and I'll tell you my personal experience uh, on, on, on all of this. And I'm going to tell you, I don't follow it. But it, 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 it's cheaper to buy the card, honestly. I know I know it sounds boring, and I, I, I guarantee you it makes the most sense. You know, unless you're extremely lucky to pull a card yourself or to get, a, get into a break and have a card being pulled, which I said is very costly, um, you're better off buying the card. I'm just going to give you an example. Happened to me this week. Uh, I wanted a, a, an NHL rookies, right? More prospecting. That's who I am. I wanted a Trevor Zagris and a Cole Caulfield Young Guns rookie card. So I go online and I order two Upper Deck Series 1 hobby boxes, right? $135 a box, guaranteed six Young Guns per box. So I get the boxes. I open the boxes. Uh, six young guns each. I ended up with 15. So somewhere along the line, I got a bonus box. Um, 15 young guns and various inserts, but no Zengris, no Caulfield. Two cards that I started this whole little journey. I just wanted those two cards. So now I go on eBay and I see the Zengris card is $130. The Caulfield card is $100. So it's $230 plus tax and shipping on eBay versus the $270 plus tax with the no guarantee on the boxes that I open. So now for $500, I have a Zengris, a Cofield, and 15 Young Guns, right? I mean, so I paid twice as much for the two cards that I was looking for on there. Twice as much. So if I would have said at the beginning of the week, these are the two cards I want, I'm just should just go on eBay and buy them, right? I would have had them and I would have had 
you know, another, you know, 200 and something dollars in my pocket. On the other hand, and I know you're saying this, I got 15 young guns, right? And various inserts. So what do I do? I put those away. So hopefully in a year or two, some of those other young guns will pay out. There were a couple of them where the prices were a little high, but most of them are pretty low right now because they're unproven rookies. I right? even, they call them young guns. They expecting good things from them, but you know, they haven't done anything great yet. And, you know, we all know sports and we all know that's how it goes. Like the, the Tom Brady, who was a, a late round draft pick and nobody did anything, you know, invested anything in him, And then he ends up becoming a goat. So that's my take on that. Um, you're better off buying the card. <laughs> you know, uh, it's the cheapest way to go. I know it's hard. I know it's extremely hard to 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 say, oh, I'm just going to buy the card. And I know it's pretty boring too. It, it, it's certainly not. It is certainly not uh, uh, fun, right? To order. It's nice when it shows up in the mail. You know, it's I buy some cards that I really like, and I get so excited when they show up in the mail. And I get them and I put them in my case and I walk away and that was the end of it. And to me, I'm glad I have the card. I was happy to find it, but it didn't, it didn't give me that thrill of buying the box and pulling it out of the box. And maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm getting at. It's, it's that thrill of, of, of ripping open the box and finding that card. And I understand it. We all understand it, but that, that rabbit hole can get pretty deep and you can get that pretty deep down that rabbit hole trying to find the cards while you're ripping these boxes open. Uh, so my deals of the week this week. So I had uh, two deals. Uh, I actually did a show uh, this past weekend, a local show here in Connecticut. And um, I had uh, a couple of young guys come up to the table. And of course, uh, you know, when you're at a show, the people who show up at your table, they're a distributor. Um, so they showed up to the table, um, had a case. I said, Hey, what you selling? What's in the case? Um, so he pulled out, uh, 2020 Panini prism, Kyler Murray. It's a red prism PSA 10. If you're on, uh, YouTube, I'm holding it up now. Uh, it's a pop three. Uh, and he was asking $600 for it. And I just felt that that was way too much. It was hard to get a comp on it um, because it's a pop three and nothing, nothing had sold recently on this card. So somebody else at the show was there uh, that I really trust their opinion, uh, really knows cards inside and out. I called them over. I said, Hey, I said, what do you, what do you think this card? What do you think the price is on this card? He said, it's probably like a 450 to 475 card. I said, okay, thanks. So, you know, I always feel, you know, if you want to get comps on a card, you need to buy a table at a show. If you're showing up on the other side of the table, you, you can't expect comps. And if you do, I mean, you could. I mean, maybe somebody really wants that card. Um, you know, they're going to show up and they're going to uh, pay comps on it. But on my side of the table, unless it's something I really want or I'm trading up, and, and I'll get into that in just a minute, um, I'm not going to pay comps. If I'm paying you cash for a card, I'm just not going to pay comps. So I said, look, look at my case. Is there something in my case you, you would like? 
you know, maybe we could do a trade, part trade, part cash. And he said, no, I'm just looking for cash. I just want to cash out on the card. And I said, okay. I said, I could probably do 350 on it. He said, oh, no, that's way too low. He goes, you know, I, I need, you know, at least 500 on it. I said, well, you know, we're, we're really too far apart. I said, but it's a nice card and I'm going to be here. If you change your mind and you want to negotiate a little more, come on back. And his friend was standing there and he says, oh, I see you have UFC cards in your thing. And he handed me a handful of like three or four, you know, prison UFC cards, very low end stuff. You know, um, I looked comps up on them. Uh, they were, I, I think they were about 50 or 60 bucks. And I said, look, I'll give you 30 for them. It's not, not, they're not nothing high end. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm like, all right. So they left and then they came back later and, Kid came back to the table, and at this point, I know he tried to peddle it around at his price, and nobody was going to buy it. Um, so he came back to the table. He's like, "Hey, um, I could do four seventy-five. I said, "We're we're still not close." I said, "I'm at three fifty. I said, "You want to start working your way towards the four hundred dollar range? You know, we can talk." He said, "Well, this guy over there said, you know, he could give me four twenty-five. Can you do four twenty-five?" And I said, "No." I said, you should probably go sell it to him for 425. So he walked off and he came back again a third time. I knew I was gonna I was gonna have this card by the time he came back because I was the only one really interested in purchasing this card, which kind of makes me nervous too. Why wasn't anybody else, you know, really pushing? So why he walked off the second time, I said to my buddy, I said, You're sure on that card? He goes, Yeah, I'm totally sure. I I've seen this card before, I know the card. I said, Okay. So when he came back the third time, we ended up making a deal uh for 390 on the card and he still didn't want anything out of my case so it was it was a straight up cash so i took the card for 390 and and i came home and i did a lot of research on it and yeah my buddy was absolutely right it's a 450 to 475 card which is good i mean to me that was just a good deal it was a good pickup and i'll hang on to this card and uh i'll take it to nationals with me when i go out there uh in july and uh you know try to move the card then my other pickup of the week um, was interesting because when I first got into this, doing the cards, um, I got into tennis. Uh, not wasn't my the the first tennis wasn't the first thing I was I was into, but I I started looking at the tennis. Right to this to this day, I still don't know why I started looking at tennis, but I enjoyed looking at the tennis, um, and I and I talked. Uh, last week about uh, an Anna Kornikova card that really sparked my interest and became a kind of a chase card for me. And back in, uh, I think it was December, it was right around Christmas time, I saw, you know, we all do this, we put on eBay, notify me if, if any of these cards come up for sale. And this card came up for sale. It was one of those, I got up in the morning and I said, oh, wow, there's that, there's the card I want. There's that chase card. Uh, and it was $800. And by the time I got up, got out of bed, got downstairs, got my breakfast and pulled my phone out, the, it was already sold. Somebody bought the card immediately. That's how rare that this card shows up online. So I said, oh, man, I should have jumped on it a little more. And I, and I don't know at that time if I was prepared to pay the $800, I, I, you know, I'm really not sure, wasn't sure what the price of the card was. You know, when I researched back on this card, I found previous versions of the card sold for about five or $600. Uh, 
So fast forward to this past week, uh, actually two weeks ago, is it two weeks, maybe two weeks, maybe a little bit more. So another one comes up and the seller is selling it for $2,500 on eBay. And it is, actually, I should tell you what it is. It is a 2003 Pro Glossy. It's on a Kornikova. Uh, it's an international series preview. And these were numbered. They were insert cards. So there was 5,000 boxes of these cards made. And in those 5,000, they made the short print um, to 500. And this was numbered 78 of 500. And again, if you're on YouTube, I'm holding it up. Show you what it looks like. It's a great looking card. Um, and I, I, that exact card I saw and I said, I, and I had taken a picture of that card uh, and I was looking for that card. Fast forward, this card come, becomes available. It's $2,500. And uh, I start messaging with the guy and I said, look, this other one, it was for sale for 800, but it ended up selling uh, for 550. Uh, and it was a BGS nine. This was a P PSA nine. Uh, and I said, I could do the 550. And he said, no, no, I need to get more for it. Uh, we messaged back and forth a couple of times. I said, look, I could go as high as 800. I won't not go any higher than that. And he says, I tell you what I'll do. If this doesn't sell for more than a thousand, I'll sell it to you for 800. I said, okay. So it's on there for a couple of weeks and he, Every few days, he keeps dropping the price, dropping the price, dropping the price. So it goes from 25 to 22, all the 18, 15, 12. It goes to $1,000. Then it goes to 975. And uh, actually, when it was at $1,000, another one, a PSA 10, showed up online on eBay for $2,500. So I start messaging with that person. I said, hey, I did the BFC. BGS nine, so for five fifty, I could do as well. You know, I could do as high as eight hundred for the card if you want. Now this was a ten PSA ten, not the. And he said, "No, this card will sell for well over a thousand dollars." And I said, "Okay, the last one didn't sell, so I was just going to watch this one." So now I watched this one for a week. So now the other guy messaged me the PSA nine and says, "Okay, it's yours for eight hundred and I ignore his his message because I'm thinking I can get a better deal on this. Now you made me wait this long and obviously there's no interest and nobody bought the card. So I messaged the PSA 10 guy and say, look, I'm going to kill your comp because I can buy this card over here for $500 and you're asking for over a thousand dollars. If you do 800 on the card, I'll buy your card for 800 and, and save your comp. But, if not, I'm going to got to buy the other PSA nine for 500. It's going to kill your comp. You tell me what you want me to do. And then he ignored me. He didn't even respond to me. So then I sent them another message. I said, look, I'm, I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm going to own one of these cards, whether it's your 10 or his nine. So he responded back to me. He said, I appreciate it. I know I, I understand what you're saying. He said, I, I, I can't let mine go for under a thousand dollars. He said, if you can get that for five, take it. I said, okay. So I went to the other guy and I took, took this card for $500. So again, I'm holding it up. Very excited to be part of my PC. It will not go to shows. It'll be here on my wall. And I was thinking when I bought the nine 
and the other guys stayed up there, I said, maybe I'll be able to get this one for 800 at the end of the day and have both a, a nine and a 10. But uh, two days later, he took it off and I messaged him. I said, did you sell it? He said, no, I just decided to hang on to it. To me, it was not worth letting it go. I would rather keep the card this time. And I said, okay. I said, look, if you change your mind down the road, you want to sell it, you've got my information, contact me. So that's where I was on that. So off to our teachable moment, getting down to the end. We're not going to do any, not going to do a live rip. Um, I felt, you know, after I do, you know, after I do this, I listen to them over and over. You know, I try to improve on, on anything I can. And I almost felt like I was kind of losing myself at the end of the last one. Um, and I think it's tough for people who are just listening. I, if you're online, uh, for YouTube, right? I, I guess it's easier for, for the, uh, to do a rip, live rip. But um, so I think I'm not going to do the, uh, the weekly rip, uh, but we're definitely going to hit the teachable moment at the end of every episode. Uh, so today's teachable moment, um, pace yourself in the hobby, create a budget, make a plan, stay on track. Just listen to that. Cause I'm going to repeat it again. Pace yourself in the hobby, pace yourself in the hobby. I see so many people, they, they jump in and they start getting excited about something and they're constantly go and you see deal after deal after deal after deal. And I'm like, I can't believe all these deals people are doing. And, and I think they, they're, they burn themselves out. Pace yourself in the hobby. I mean, it, it, it's nice you have a hobby, but remember, you've got work, family, friends. You've got a lot of other stuff going on. Don't lose yourself. Don't lose yourself in the hobby. Just pace yourself. Keep it as a hobby. Uh, create a budget and make a plan. Um, I say that because not so much, you know, for, I think a lot of people in the hobby have figured out, um, how to sustain themselves in the hobby. But I think people coming in, if you're an old school collector, it was just about the cards and there was a lot of trading, you know, not as much cash, just a lot of trading back and forth. And I think this hobby industry has created a way to really, get a lot of cash with these breaks, uh, with these online breaks. Um, a lot of, you know, through eBay, things like, cause there's no trading on eBay and the card market on there is just unbelievable. You could literally find any card on eBay. So, so I always say just create a budget and make a plan. Just stick to it. Just stay on track. As long as you stay on track within your own budget and your own plan, you're doing great. Uh, spend your time and your money smarter. Uh, I talked about this earlier. Um, I'm, I'm not a great example of it, right? Because I like to open boxes. But if you, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if there's a card you really want and you're on a limited budget, you're better off saving your money and just buying the card. If you got some expendable cash and you're just like, I, I really enjoy opening boxes, by all means, open the boxes. I do and I enjoy it. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week and the guest on the show is a well-known breaker and he was asked by the host, would you cut someone off in a break if you think they were in over their head financially? And the breaker paused and he said, I don't understand the question. 
if you're in the break, you've already paid for it. And if you didn't pay for it, the next guy up will. Everyone listening to the podcast understood the question. He just didn't want to answer it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend, spread the word. If you have comments, questions, even a suggestion for a show topic, or just want to reach out, hit me up on social media. If you're on YouTube, comment below on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons or email at sportscardlessons at gmail.com. And until next time, be good to yourself and everyone around you. Thank you.